0: praise podcast hey everybody this is pastor joshua lead pastor here at high praise and i want to thank you for downloading today's podcast we know that this message is going to encourage and bless you so i want you to open up your heart and receive what the lord has for you today going and turn in your bibles this morning to first corinthians chapter 9 as you know, throughout this month, throughout the month of January, we've been doing a series. And again, this is just something that both Pastor Joshua and I, by the way, for you that don't know Pastor Joshua and Miranda, they are in Orlando with the youth, along with Pastor Garrett and uh, uh, Becca and uh, many. we got about four or five other chaperones that are also with them. But uh, at the beginning of the year, we began to just pray, Lord, what are you saying? And we kind of came up with this uh, we both kind of felt this, and as a matter of fact, Pastor Micah, without even speaking with us, he called me up one day and he said, because he had listened to our uh, to a little bit of our what we were preaching at the start of the year he said that 's interesting. The Lord spoke to me the exact same thing, and we hadn 't said anything to him, and that was it 's time to run everybody say it 's time to run." So anyway, we just entitled this entire month, this is a month of vision casting. This is a month that I believe that God is stirring up vision on the inside of you, and not just stirring up vision, but giving you an an impotence to actually begin to run. He's given you a grace to begin to run the race. In other words, there's no more crawling, no more lollygagging, no more walking. And I know for you that have ever participated in any type of athletic uh, sport or event, You know, if you were on a team sport, one of the things that was always irritating is if you had some people that were on the team that just weren't giving it all. But I believe that God is stirring something up on the inside of you to where you begin to give it your all. Hallelujah. You're going to run the race with patience. You're going to go after everything that God has for you. You're going to go after Jesus, yes, but you're going to also go after the purpose of God. How many of you know that God has a purpose for your life? How many of you believe that? Shantae, God has a purpose for. For your life amen you know everyone that's in here god has a purpose james Teresa, god has a purpose for your life wendy god has a purpose for your life amen uh, harvey god has a purpose for your life i know you fly airplanes but you know what there's other purposes the a kingdom purpose that god has for your life steve and nicole god has a purpose for your life amen And we need to live with an understanding and pursuing the purpose of God that he has for our life. I'm going to say this. You can't really pursue Jesus if you're not also pursuing the kingdom. And whenever you pursue the kingdom, understand this. You're going to be pursuing the purpose that God has for your life. I'll tell you most everything that I'm doing today. I didn't go. I, I, I'm not doing it because I originally wanted to do it. It wasn't something that was necessarily burning on the inside of me. I never really wanted to pastor, but God called me to pastor. And whenever God called me to pastor, I embraced it and began to pursue it. See, once you know what God's purpose is for your life, you have the responsibility of embracing it and pursuing it. Amen. Are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 he says do you not know that those who run in a race all run do you not know that those who run in a race all run but one receives the prize run in such a way that you may obtain it obtain the prize verse 25 and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things that means they exercise self control Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, again, four times he's using the word run, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. Everybody say, I discipline my body. What he's saying is this, I don't let my body just do whatever it wants to do at any given moment. In other words, I crucify my flesh. I don't allow myself to live in a manner that may necessarily in the environment that I'm in, let it dictate to me how I operate and how I function. And he says, Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, what's very interesting is that Paul, is actually taking the Christian life, the Christian walk, our walk with God, our purpose with God, the kingdom of God that we are to seek and to go after, and he's comparing it to an athletic competition. That's what's going on right here. He's given an analogy of our walk with God to an athletic competition. I think probably everybody can kind of relate to that right now. You know, we're right in the middle of, I think playoffs are today, and then in another two weeks, it's Super Sunday, uh, as they would call it, and, you know the Super Bowl will be on television but the reality is that uh, we can relate to a- a- a athletic competitions because we see it all the time you know, honestly you can't hardly turn the TV on without seeing something about an athletic competition so it's something that we are well acquainted with and so Paul in speaking to the church at Corinth because it was something that they were accustomed to that they knew about he takes that and uses it as an analogy To say this is the way that our walk with God is. What you see in an athletic competition with people running after running in a race, running after a prize, it's the same thing that's happening with our walk with God. There is a prize. Can I tell you what? There is actually a reward that God wants to release in your life. And by the way, that reward isn't just something that you're going to get on the other side of glory, so to speak. Are you hearing me? But it's something that you can begin to walk in right now. Do you know it pays to serve God? It pays to serve God. There are blessings that come in your life as a result of serving God. You see, by serving God, you release the blessing in your life. By serving the flesh, you cause the curse to come. You may not want it, but you see, whenever you begin to operate in the flesh and you begin to walk in sin, you open the door for the enemy to come in and have a heyday with you. We have to understand that there are payoffs and there is a payday for serving the Lord that not only comes in eternity, but that comes right now. Amen. Listen, when you people that engage in sin whether or not they want to admit to it or not, there is consequences for sin that ultimately catch up with them. There's always consequences for sin. There's always consequences for fleshly behavior. So what Paul says is those who are running in a race, we are like, as believers, we are like those who are running in the race. We're going after a prize. There's a reward. There's a blessing. There's breakthrough. All of these things are a part of the prize, a part of the crown that God has for us. Yes, thank God, heaven is promised. Thank God for the reward we'll have there. But there's also some things that he wants you to accept experience right now while you're walking on the face of this earth. How many know the Bible says that you would be the head and not the tail above and not beneath? How many know that God said that He would? I am the Lord that heals your body? Amen. He wants you to experience blessing. He wants you to experience breakthrough. And listen, don't let any religious person ever tell you that God doesn't want to bless you. And by the way, if you believe that God doesn't want to bless you, then you might need to reject any raise that your employer may give to you because it might get you out of the will of God, right? As a matter of fact, you may just need to quit your job. You know, you might get too blessed. Listen, my friend, God desires to bless his people. This is what Jesus said. Look at somebody and say, this is what Jesus said. He said this, if you know how to give good gifts, if you being evil, If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? And James said this, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. That means he doesn't change his mind. That means if he heals one, he'll heal another. That means if he delivered one, he'll deliver the other. That means this, if he'll prosper one, he'll prosper all, hallelujah. It's all a part of the package, amen? So we have to embrace that. We have to receive that in the fullness. Now, what I want to share with you this morning are some principles for you receiving the crown. These are principles for you getting the prize. For you actually seeing the fullness of God manifested in your life. Listen, as the apostle of this church, my greatest desire is to see you receive the fullness of everything that God has for you. I don't want you to leave this earth and stand before God and him say, you know what? I had so much more for you. There was so much more that I wanted to do in your life. If you would have only embraced it, if you'd only received it, let that not be said about any member of high praise. Amen. Let it be said that when we stand before God, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You received the fullness. You got what I desired to bring into your life. And, and, and let that be our testimony. Amen. So the, the first principle of running to receive the prize and using the same analogy, I'm going to just follow the analogy that the apostle Paul used. And the first principle for receiving the prize is this, you got to go to practice I'm gonna say it another way for us in the spirit. You gotta to go to church. Can you look at somebody and say, you need to go to church? Now, for the imaginary people that aren't here this morning, just look beside you and say, you need to go to church. <laughs> you know, It's amazing how often I see people like, they pitch statements against one another. And I've seen people post this before. We don't need to go to church. We need to be the church. Oh, that sounds really good, doesn't it? The problem is this, you do need to go to church, right? It's not one or the other, it's both. You need to go to church and you need to be the church, right? And so you know, we don't need to pit these statements against each other, listen, if you are the church, then you ought to be in church, right? If you're a part of the body of Christ, then you ought to be where the body assembles itself. You don't want to be just a finger over there operating. That's kind of strange. Anyway, you know, it takes you to the Adams family. You remember the hand, you know, isn't that kind of creepy? And there's just a hand operating by itself. That's creepy, man. You know what, there's a lot of believers today that are creepy because they're like the hand, they're just operating all by themselves and they're not connected to a body. We need to be connected to a body, amen? Don't be the hand on the Adams family. Well, you need to get in church. you got to go to practice. You know, th- uh, listen, a coach isn't going to put out on the field those who don't come to practice. I don't care how good they are. You don't go to practice. You don't know the place. You don't know how we're going to run them. You don't know how to properly coordinate yourself. You don't know your role. You'll end up doing trying to do somebody else's job. So you got to go to practice. The Bible says, I know it's a scripture that you're all familiar with here at High Praise. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will do what? flourish in the courts of their God. In other words, when you're planted in the house, when you go to church, when you go there, you give there and you eat there, then you're going to be prosperous when you get outside of the house of the Lord. In other words, whenever you go to church, then you'll be the church outside of the four walls of the church. See, flourishing and prospering comes on the other side of being planted. And by the way, if I can just go ahead and interject this. First of all, thank you parents that bring your kids on Wednesday nights. Thank you so much. Because I'm telling you what, something great is going on with our youth right now. Something very powerful is going on with our youth right now. And God's bringing kids together and there's, you see there's something that happens whenever Christian kids begin to get together. And you know what, I I wanted our children to be influenced by godly kids, right? Not ungodly kids. And they see a lot of ungodly kids, you know, going to school, not trying to bash school or anything. I'm just saying they're exposed to all kinds of things. Well, it's good whenever they can all come together and begin to worship around the Lord and begin to receive from the Word of God. There's some powerful things that are going on with our youth right now. They're receiving ministry every Wednesday night. I'm not talking about pablum. I'm not talking about having a bottle put in their mouth. I'm not talking about, they do games. They do that from five o'clock to seven o'clock, but at seven o'clock a service starts and they go to 830 and they're worshiping and they're preaching the word and they're praying for people and laying hands on one another, hallelujah. Amen? Well, thank you for bringing them. And by the way, if you have kids, you know, middle school, high school, you need to do everything within your power to get them here. And by the way, if you don't have kids, you need to do everything within your power to get here on Wednesday night also. Can I hear an amen? Some powerful ministry going on on Wednesday night. We've been teaching on prayer. Uh, we're finished with that now, going to something else. And this coming Wednesday, obviously, uh, Bishop Kyle Searcy is gonna be here. But I'm telling you what, there are great things that happen on Wednesday nights. you say, know, say, so that's an hour of my time. I got two hours of my time. You know what, it'll pay off in the end, right? Again, we're talking about running to receive the prize. Well, you not need to be in church. It's amazing to me how many parents don't mind taking their kids to dance three times a week, don't mind taking them to football four times a week, don't mind taking them to baseball five times a week. But you know what? They can't seem to even get to church many times once, once a week. And God forbid they come to a midweek. You know Where are our priorities today? How do I get off on this? Where are our priorities today? We have enough time and energy for everything else, but we don't have time for the house of the Lord. Listen, you're not doing me a favor by being here. What you're doing yourself a favor, and you're also, you are honoring the Lord. Amen? See, those who fail to show up for practice, they're not gonna play in the game. Why? Because they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know anything about what's going on. In most teams, failure to be at practice means this. You forfeit your place on the team. doesn't mean that, see, God's not taking something away from you. You're forfeiting something. There's a place for you in the church. There's a place for you in the body of Christ. I can't tell you how many times I've actually sat down with people and they said, You know, I just feel so disconnected. I said, Well, are you at church? Well, you know, you're... Well, they finally get on and say, yeah, well, I show up about twice a month. Well, how are you going to feel connected if you don't ever show up? Right? How, how are you going to feel connected? How are you going to get connected if you're never there to connect? You have to be there. And so whenever you, whenever you begin to make yourself a part, there's a place for everybody. And by the way, becoming a part of a local church, I'm going in a little bit different vein, one of the things you have to do, and I'll say this specifically about high praise, about our church, because of what God has called us to be, because of the mantle that is upon us, what we have to what you have to realize is you have to be willing to be made a new wineskin. I'll say that again, you've got to be willing to be made a new wineskin. You can't be an old wineskin. You know what with every move of god that i've traversed you know i was brought up in pentecost and thank god for my pentecostal upbringing i love it amen hallelujah i got filled with the whole i got saved i I learned the the books of the bible i learned so much in my pentecostal upbringing and again i want you to know i still am pentecostal because i pray in tongues. i speak in tongues i thank god for my upbringing i thank god for every bit of that but you know what whenever i came into a word of faith movement there was some things i i had to i had to become a new wineskin because there was some new understanding. There was some enlarging of things and, and revelation that came to me that caused me to have to drop off some things and put on a new garment. Is this making sense to you? You know what? And then when I, in back in 1987, I was exposed to the prophetic movement. And guess what? I had to do. I had to become a new wineskin once again. There was new understanding. There was new revelation about the gifts of the Spirit. Things that I had been taught previously that weren't accurate. You know, they were partial truth, but not the full truth. And you know, I began to get some revelation and understanding of the prophetic ministry and prophets and fivefold ministry and how the prophetic is to operate, how God designed it to operate within the church well i had to change i had to become a new wine skin look at somebody and say don't remain an old wine skin look at somebody and say become a new wine skin understand this god can't pour out new wine in an old wine skin if you want to see we got people talking about the new wine yeah well you know what he can't pour it out in you because you won't allow yourself to be changed <clears throat> you know every one of us have to change look at somebody and say you got to change Oh, didn't you just love to hear that word don't we love to hear the word change i mean we love to hear the word change somebody tells us we need to change we don't we don't change what we do well we bow up what do you mean you that are married you know what i'm talking about somebody says you need to change right steve if i mean wendy if steve says you need to change you don't do what you're doing right now do you no don't laugh don't chuckle at all no absolutely right I know I'm married, been married for a long time, 41, yeah, 41 years. <laughs> I know it. I know Wit, you probably had her tell you, you need to change. She, she told you that yet? She's told you that, all right. I appreciate your honesty, Wit. God bless you. Y'all give a big praise to God for Wit. We love him so much. Every one of us, we've had somebody tell us, you need to change. And we don't go, Yes! I can't wait. No, we start going, I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, get thee behind me, Satan. Come on, be real honest. We don't want to hear that. You know, but the reality is in order to become a new wineskin, to be able to contain new wine, you have to be willing to change. you got to be willing to adapt yourself. You know, sometimes people come in and they just can't seem to find a place to be able to change and become a new wineskin. They're wanting to import something that they saw 50 years ago and tried to bring it in. And I'm telling you, you can't import. And by the way, just so you know, I love everybody and I love anybody that walks through those doors. But listen, just because they did it that way in grandma's church doesn't mean that's the way we're going to do it here at High Praise there is a way there's a method there's a means whereby we feel like god what we see in the word of god and that's what we're going to be faithful to live by amen would you look at somebody say pastor really loves you tonight or today praise the lord amen i don't mean that mean i'm just saying you know we you know somebody comes in with that you know we did this at our church well that's wonderful and great you know and praise the lord and if y'all had fruit wonderful but that's not what god that's not my mantle That's not our mantle, that's not my armor. You know, David can't go out and meet Goliath with Saul's armor on. I can't go out with old religious armor on. I gotta go out with a, you know what, it may not look like much, but I gotta go out with with a sling and a stone. I'm not gonna necessarily be able to go out with a nice shiny armor that's plated with gold, okay? Well, that was for somebody today. Second thing is this, you gotta exercise. You gotta work out. Everybody say, work out. See, what the Bible says, Hebrews 5, it says, but solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Boy, we need our spiritual senses exercised now more than ever. Many are spiritually weak because they fail to exercise. And by the way, the way you exercise, is you get in the church and begin to use your gift. You get in the body of Christ, you begin to use what God's given you. That's what you start exercising your gift. You exercise your anointing. You exercise the grace that God has placed upon your life. Understand this, you don't work out one time and become Mr. Atlas the next day. I wish it were that way. Some of you may not know who Mr. Atlas is. Does anybody know what who Mr. Atlas is? It, okay, it's kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger, what he used to be, okay? Anyway, but the, you know, but the... Reality is, uh, I'll use his name, you don't work out one day, okay? In the condition I'm in right now, I cannot go down to Planet Fitness and work out one day. My wife's laughing at me. You can't work out one day and I'm going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. Does everybody understand that? It doesn't happen that way. The only way that you can actually exercise and get strong is you have to do it regularly. you got to do it regularly. And understand, you've got to use your gift regularly. You have to use what God's given you. You have to be willing to be there. You have to be willing to be in encouragement. you got to exercise. Listen, one of the ways that we exercise, we pray in the Spirit. The Bible says when you pray in the Spirit, you edify yourself. You build yourself up. Amen? So you got to exercise. One of the things that happens in football teams is they have weight rooms. And they'll go in there and work out in those. Why? Because they're building strength. And hear this, you've got to build strength in the way that you do that is you get in the word, you pray in the spirit, you get in church, you begin to use what God's given you, amen? The next thing is this, listen to the coach. Hebrews 13, 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable to you. Listen, if you don't listen to the coach, you sit on the bench, See, and what Paul said here, or the writer of Hebrews, it would be unprofitable for you. He says, if you don't obey those who have the rule over you, the ones that are watching out for your soul, it's gonna be unprofitable for you. They're gonna be okay. You know, they're gonna continue doing what God's called them to do, and God's still gonna bless them. But the unfortunate reality is it becomes unprofitable for you if you don't open your ears and listen. What he's talking about here is that you have to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, amen? See, many Christians forfeit, God's best because they refuse to listen and they fo- you refuse to follow directions. They believe they know more, they believe they've got more, they won't listen to anybody, which is basically pride. And as a result of that, they don't actually end up, we're talking about once again, running to get the prize. So they don't get the prize. They don't receive the reward. They forfeit what God has for them many times because they won't listen to what's being spoken over their lives. Understand this, anytime that somebody comes into our office to receive counseling, we never, and we, and anybody who's been in our office, uh, we'd want, it's very rare that we have anybody, but you know, we talk with people. One of the things I tell them before I tell them anything is number one, do you want do you want what I sense and what I feel? Because if you don't want to hear it, I won't tell you. And if you're not gonna do it, then don't waste my time. Okay? But if you, if you want to hear what I really feel about this, then I will tell you. But uh, listen, I can't make you do it. Now, I'm not saying this to control you or manipulate you. But understand this, I'm gonna tell you what I sense and what I feel by the Holy Spirit But what it says here is if you don't listen, then it becomes unprofitable for you. Listen, many people, they short circuit their destiny all because they won't listen. They won't hear. How many know, Lord, help us have ears to hear. Would everybody say, Lord, help me have ears to hear? See, many times the pride gets in the way. Pride begins to get in the way of people listening to others. Now, the next thing is this. you got to get in position and do your assignment. Those who are out of position cause a team to suffer loss. Receivers who are out of position on a football team, they fail to catch the ball because the ball's going to one place and they're somewhere else. You do. What you're supposed to do, and let others do what they're supposed to do. Don't try to correct everybody else in what they're doing until, first of all, you make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Can everybody say amen? You ever worked with anybody like that? The kind of the busybody of the office, and they went around trying to tell everybody else how to do their job while everything in the world was wrong with theirs. Listen, don't be that kind of believer. Stay in your lane. Amen? Everybody has a lane to to drive in. You know, when we get out there on the highway, there are lanes that are drawn. Why? Because if you don't stay in your lane, you actually risk your life and the lives of others. You see, it's important that you get in your position and you do your assignment. Do what you're supposed to do, and do it with excellence. Do it as unto the Lord. Do it with all your mind, do it with all your heart and your soul, amen? Every one of us have a unique position and place in the church, and listen, you don't have to be something other than what God made you to be. I want everybody to hear this. I don't have to preach like some other preacher that's on television. You know what, there's a lot of preachers on television. There's a lot of preachers everywhere. There's preachers all over the city. There's pastors, there's apostles. You know what, I don't have to be somebody else. I just have to be faithful to be who God called me to be. Hear this, you only have to be faithful to be the one that God's called you to be, right? MG, you only have to be faithful to be who God called you to be. Even if it's a gator, praise the Lord. You gotta be faithful, amen? You gotta be faithful. Whatever it is, you gotta be faithful. You grab hold of it and you take ownership of it and you run with it, amen? Marcus doesn't have to play drums necessarily like somebody else. He, j- he doesn't have to play like Micah, okay? He has, he has to play like Marcus, right? He, he has to be him. Steve doesn't have to play trumpet like Doc Severinsen, okay? He can not anyway, but nonetheless, Steve's a really fine trumpet player. I can't either, by the way, just so you know. Some of these guys are just extraordinary. But anyway, you know, they're at another level. But the reality, you know what, Steve just gotta, Steve's gotta do what Steve does, right? Amen, are y'all getting anything out of this? I'm coming to a close. Here's the next thing, you gotta rejoice when your team scores. We're talking about going after the prize. This is very important. The Bible says that we are to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And that means this, whenever Andy, Pastor Andy gets a breakthrough, you know what we're all gonna do? We're all gonna rejoice and we're gonna shout with him, amen? Maybe you didn't get yours the same day or the same hour, the same minute, but you still rejoice with them anyway, right? So you learn to rejoice with everybody because we're all on the same team. Every one of us, we're on the same team. So when something good happens to you, we rejoice, praise God. We got a good report of something else that happened. You know, of course, last week, or week before, I should say, got some good reports of some people that had some major, major financial breakthroughs. You know what we did? We rejoiced with them. I said we rejoiced with them. So regardless, whenever you see your brother or your sister blessed, then you just go ahead and cut a rug right there. Right? You just go ahead and begin to rejoice right there. Because I will tell you, if you'll learn to rejoice when you see others blessed, you'll see blessing come into your life. You'll see breakthrough come into your life. But if you're always there and you know, rah, 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 that should have been me. Rah, 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 rah. You know what? You're just closing the door, closing the door. See, on a football team, the reality is it doesn't matter who carries the ball over the, in, the, the, the goal line, into the end zone. What matters is what's going up there on the scoreboard. And can i tell you when any person in this church when you get a breakthrough there's points going up there on the scoreboard and you can just point to that hallelujah right listen whenever josiah was literally raised from the dead there was something that went up on the scoreboard and we just it wasn't about me it wasn't about anybody else this is what happened to his life but you know what the whole team rejoices in that amen whenever uh uh, uh Michelle's mother, whenever, you know, total cancer free, you know what? There's something that goes up on the scoreboard. When Dan came back with the report, no cancer, that's, there's, a, there's something that goes up on the scoreboard where we all rejoice, amen? When somebody has a financial breakthrough, we had some people close on a house. You know, a year ago, they were out on the, you know, had nothing whatsoever in poverty. I mean, just a terrible situation and they just closed on their first house. Hallelujah, amen. You know what? I felt like I had closed on my house, glory to God. There's points that are going up on the scoreboard. That those points are there to declare you're coming to the prize. Those points are there to declare you are the victor and that Jesus is the winner. And as long as we stay plugged into him, hallelujah, we will see the same victory in our lives, hallelujah. So rejoice when the team scores. Even if you don't run the ball, praise God, you still rejoice, amen? See, envy and jealousy cause blessing to bypass you. Don't get involved in that stuff. The last thing is this. You need to celebrate your previous victories. Celebrate your previous victories. I can guarantee you that the team's part of their ritual, that they're going through right now. Is they're celebrating all the victories. Well, we beat them, you know, a year ago. We beat them two years ago. Or we beat them this year. And if they didn't beat them this year, they'll go back to whenever they did beat them. You know, it might have been five years ago. Look, we beat them five years ago and nobody thought that we were going to win, but we won. You see, you're going to celebrate your victories. That's what David did before he went out to meet Goliath. He didn't go, oh, wow, that giant sure is big. And the reality is Saul was discouraging him from even going out there. But David said, you know what? I got some victories. I got some notches in my belt, King, if I can say so myself. I got a few notches here, so you see that one right there? That's from the lion that I grabbed by the beard and I threw him down and I killed him, now I got a lion skin rug, hallelujah. You see this other notch right there? That's where I killed the bear. And by the way, the God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he'll deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. this uncircumcised Philistine, that he would defy the armies of the living God. Amen? You rise up, you begin to celebrate your victories. What am I doing when I'm celebrating my victories? I'm running after the prize. I know there's a prize. I know there's a reward. I know that God has something for me, and I'm going after it. I'm going after the reward. I'm going after the blessing. I'm going after the breakthrough. I'm going after the kingdom. I'm going after Jesus. I'm going after everything that he has for me. I'm going after the power. I'm going after the anointing. I am going. I am running the race, and I will receive the Prize. Can you give the Lord a praise and stand to your feet this morning? Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, We're gonna get the prize. Come on, tell them we're gonna get the prize. Come on, tell somebody we're gonna get the prize. Come on, tell them we're gonna get the prize. Tell them, at least five people we're gonna get the prize. 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 We're gonna run and we're gonna get the prize. We're gonna run and we're gonna get the prize. Amen. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. Lord, we thank you today that you are calling us to rise up and begin to run after you. We thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've done in the past. But Lord, we thank you that there is more that is ahead. Lord God, you have greater days even ahead of us. And Lord God, we are choosing today to run after you run after, run the race, run after everything that you have for us in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for breakthrough that's coming forth in the lives of your people. We thank you, Lord God, that you are causing, Lord, your anointing to be brought forth in families and in homes in Jesus' name. We declare, Lord God, that the hand of the destroyer is broken today off of them in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody lift your hands and say this, in the name of Jesus. I make a choice today to run, to run to obtain the prize, to run to get the reward, to run to get the blessing. I embrace everything that the Lord has for me today. I embrace it in the name of Jesus. I'm running after it. I'll not grow weary in well-doing, I'll not grow weary in well-doing. I'm running in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a praise right now. Hallelujah. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and... Don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.